In December of 2001, George O'Leary was on top of the world. He was ecstatic because he had just been appointed as the head football coach for the University of Notre Dame. And I can imagine that somebody with the name of O'Leary coaching the Fighting Irish is a thrill. And imagine actually be almost like dying and going to heaven to uh, be coaching the Fighting Irish when your name is O'Leary. But within two days of that announcement, O'Leary's dream turned into a nightmare. Why? Because a reporter had discovered that O'Leary has lied on his resume. His resume said, among other things, that he had played for New Hampshire. Well, in reality, he didn't. But he fudged that truth not when he got that job in 2001. It was written in his resume 21 years earlier when he applied for a job in Syracuse. And so for 21 years, a lie has gone undiscovered. For 21 years, untruth has been accepted for the truth. For 21 years, a small lie went unnoticed. And I remember people saying, well, after all, that is just a small lie. It has nothing to do with his talent. It has nothing to do with his ability. It's neither here nor there. Why do people make such a fuss about just a lie? And It's an exaggeration. But you know what's even more tragic than the lie itself is what the coach's brother said. And I want you to listen carefully to what the coach's brother said. When he was asked about this discovery, he said, Is anyone trying to tell me that resumes are truthful? In the America we live in, the willingness to lie on a resume is an indication of how much you want the job. End of quote. Well, as I read this, I realized that all the statistics that I've been reading, namely that 50% of all resumes have at least one falsehoods. 50% of all resumes have at least one falsehood contained in it. According to the researchers who have done extensive study across America and came up with a book back in the early 90s called The Day America Told the Truth, they said just about everybody lies. I just don't believe that. I really don't. But that's their conclusion. After the study they've done across the board, they said that 91% of people regularly lie. They found out that one out of five cannot go through a single day without telling a lie. Listen to some of their findings. They, They found out that men lie more than women. That young men lie more than old men. That unemployed people lie more than employed people. And that liberals lie more than conservatives. Well, duh. (laughs) But here's the conclusion. The conclusion is that lying has become a cultural trait in America. That lying is embedded in our national character. This is more than sad to me. For without the truth... Our family relationships, our judicial system will crumble and ultimately our nation will be in trouble. Please listen to what I'm going to tell you. Most Christians need to deal with this because if Christians are honest, they would have to confess 
that they too lie on occasions. I'm going to tell you something that I know for a fact. Not because I'm pointing finger at somebody else for my own life. That preachers lie. But we don't call it lying. (laughs) We call it exaggeration. We call it embellishing the truth. We call it all kinds of things. We don't call it lying. But in reality is, is as bad as lying. I can tell you without a shadow of doubt that healing can come when we confess our propensity to lying. That healing can come when we realize that without the power of God, we can easily lie. As a boy, I had a problem in that area. I really had a problem. And the primary reason was fear. You know, my father did not believe in Dr. Spock. He believed in Dr. Solomon. And Solomon said, don't spare the rod. And my father was very generous with the rod. And I was terrified, so what do I do? Then I went to this Catholic school where the nun has threatened to cut our tongues with razor blades. And imagine a five-year-old, you know, hearing that. But trust me, I tested that threat. I'm very proud of it. But when Christ came into my life, I began to ask him to cleanse me from that plague. But even after I became a Christian, when I was around 18 years old, I discovered that people tell me that I looked much older than my age. Now you think that I look younger, but that's okay. (laughs) I'll put words in your mouth. (laughs) But everybody said, when you dress the part and you... Yeah, the way you talk, I obviously was verbose even back then. And, and um, so I, I, I basically began to lie about my age. And man, I discovered that it opens doors like you wouldn't believe. If I dressed the park, went to the right, drove the right cars, be in the right places and did the right things, I got things done. And doors were open to me. By the way, my older siblings told all these stories to my kids so they, they know everything. In fact, I can tell you that is why today... I am in the other extreme because I know how insidious the sin of lying is. There are many times I maybe I would do the slightest exaggeration, then I'll stop at that moment. I say, let me check just in case my facts are embellished. And I'd rather be in the extreme where where I am today than before. Ministers exaggerate about numbers. They exaggerate about the size of their ministry. They exaggerate about everything. Why? Because they want to impress people. Do you know that we, would, we try to impress people? We really do. So kids lie out of fear, and adults lie in order to impress people. The reason 50% of resumes are untrue is very simple. They want to impress people. We have done this, and we accomplished this. We've done this, we've accomplished this. When in reality, you may have been standing there when that was accomplished. <laughs> Some people lie in order to save a few bucks. I'll never forget, uh, back when I was a student at Sydney, Elizabeth would take the car, I'll get the bus. And one day I was riding the bus to the city from the university, and then we heading down, and, and I saw this woman comes in with her son. And she began to argue with the bus driver whether the boy is old enough to pay the full fare. And, uh, and the bus driver finally kind of looked at the boy. He said, how old are you, son? <laughs> and the boy looked at his mother for approval, I guess, and, and the boy was telling me that all. He said, well, I'm five years old. <laughs> and the bus driver got exasperated and said, look, I'm going to let him in this time, but I want to tell you something. I know what he's going to be when he grows up. And the mother said, what, what, what? 
He said, he's going to be a politician. That's what he's going to be. (laughs) Australians don't have high view of politicians. In fact, I read recently something that really kind of justified this bus driver's suspicion. I read about the famous Louisiana politician Huey Long. They said that on his first day of campaigning, Huey Long was told by one of the staff members that this is a Catholic area. So he started, his speech was telling a story. He said, when I was a boy, I used to get up at six o'clock on Sunday morning and I'll hitch the old wagon to the horse and I would drive my Catholic grandparents to mass. Every Sunday, I'll drive them to mass. Well, he'll stop after stop. He'll tell the story and the crowd loved it until he got to one town where a leader there knew his family. And then a guy took him aside and said, Huey, I didn't know you had Catholic grandparents. He said, don't be a fool. I didn't even have a horse. (laughs) Now, I'm not picking on politicians. That's why I started with preachers because from the politicians to the preacher and everybody in between needs to hear this message. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm standing with you. Listen to me. This is not finger pointing preaching. This is exhortation to all of us, preacher and listeners alike, about the seriousness of this issue of lying, exaggerating, embellishing the truth. There are many times Christians would gossip and they would tear down somebody's reputation and they tear down somebody's name under the guise of sharing prayer points. I have learned through the years that most gossip contains a fair amount of misinformation, contain a fair amount of half-truth, but they present it as facts. And the next person believes it, the next person passes it on, and becomes appeared as factual when in reality it's half-truth. And you and I must understand that there is a reason why we are called the people of the truth. You must understand that. Imagine if I habitually lie to my neighbor, to whom I've been trying to witness for a number of years, and then I started sharing the gospel with him. Is he going to believe me? When I tell him that when he comes to Jesus Christ, receive forgiveness and eternal life, when I share with him the very core of the gospel, is he going to believe me? No. Because I already have abrogated, have destroyed, have damaged the trust. Listen to what the Bible said. John tells us in 1.14, Gospel of John, that Jesus Christ who came from God the Father is full of grace and what? Truth. And Jesus Christ himself in chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the what? Truth. I am the truth. That's who he is. And if God is true to us, then we must be not only true to him, but be true to one another. Now, some have asked me through the years, if there is a time when lying is okay. You know, what if you are telling a tale in order to kind of, uh, have a comical effect or, or pulling someone's leg. And, and I, I, I'm very cautious because I know sometimes people will take my answers. And man, I've, through the years, I heard people say, well, Michael said, and I said, when did I say that? Well, I would have said something to somebody and then it got really blown out of proportion. And then by the time it comes back to me, God help us. But my response is this. It's not the word of God. It's my response. As long as these are told in affection and with the intention of immediately telling the truth. I don't believe it violates the ninth commandment. Why do I say that? Because of the intention. 
the very core, the very heart of the ninth commandment is the intention of deceiving. That's what it means. The insidious thing about the sin of lying is that it deceives. It misleads. And it creates an environment of distrust. And that is the very core, the very heart of the nine commandments. Intentionally deceiving people. Now I heard people's definitions of lying as long as you're not hurting anybody. And as long as nobody knows and all that stuff. Listen, that's all situational ethics. That is not biblical. The very core of the ninth commandment is, am I intentionally deceiving? Whether anybody's hurt or not, whether anybody knows or not, am I intentionally deceiving? Well, let me tell you very quickly then. It is absolutely wrong to use humor to put people down. It is absolutely wrong to use humor to violate a person's integrity. Other people through the years have asked me the question, well, what about those people in the Bible who have lied? Well, you know, what about the the, the Israelite midwives who lied to Pharaoh in order to save the babies? What about uh, Rahab who lied to the Canaanites in order to save Joshua's spies? What, What about Gideon or what about Jacob? And the questions go on and on and on. Well, listen, we have those examples in the Bible. But while the Bible does not, in some of those cases, immediately come out and condemn these people for their falsehood, the ninth commandment is very clear. It's very clear. It condemns lying, no matter what the cause may be. These people should have trusted God to take care of things instead of them trying to help God by lying. And look at Jacob, because God has forgiven him and because the grace of God covered it doesn't mean that it is right. Or Rachel, or Gideon. We go on through the scripture. You see, people should trust in the Lord and know that he will do the right thing. They don't have to help him out. The problem is some people use these situations in the Bible and say, well, look, you know, here's somebody in the Bible who lied, and therefore I can use falsehood in order to save my hide. That will not wash with God. I can tell you that. It will not wash with God. In fact, the Bible being an honest book, The Bible being a truthful book. It tells us about those people who have lied in biblical history. Not in order to justify lying, but in order to show us the grace of God. The Bible tells us that the very first lie that was ever uttered on the face of the earth was in the Garden of Eden. When the serpent lied to Eve. And from that time on, those who are on the side of the devil lie. He is the father of lies, the Bible said. He is the father of lies. And anyone who habitually lies identifies with Satan. Now, here's something that I know for a fact that would help anybody to overcome this insidious sin. I know that. It will help you overcome the propensity to exaggeration, embellishing the truth, or telling half-truths. The Bible said that Satan is the father of lies. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the very truth. As Francis Schaeffer used to say, true truth. (laughs) But it's the same thing. He is the full embodiment of the truth. So here's what you need to ask yourself, the question. And I've asked myself that a million times. I'm not telling you something that I have not practiced, okay? Ask yourself the question, am I identifying myself with Jesus Christ, who is the full truth, 
Or am I identifying with the enemy of my soul, who is the father of lies? Ask yourself the question. Am I more concerned about pleasing the Lord of life? Or am I willing to lie in order to please people and gain their approval? Ask yourself the question, am I more concerned, am I more anxious for the Lord to get the glory? Or am I willing to let Satan have the upper hand in my life and come in and set up a stronghold in my life and in my soul? Ask yourself the question, do I care about grieving the Holy Spirit in my life? Or am I more committed to making good impression on people? Ask yourself the question, am I more concerned with the reputation of the one who died for me on the cross of Calvary, or am I more concerned about my own reputation? That will do it every time. It will give you the victory. It will give you the strength. It will give you victory like you've never experienced it before. Every time. It never fails. Many years ago, I heard an old-timer, old preacher say, Hymns and Christian songs have made more, more liars of Christians than the devil. Whew, I'm telling you. you know, I know I preach blunt, but I got news for you. I can't match this guy. <laughs> I mean, this is blunt. And I won't tell you the impact that this had on my life. I have never forgotten. It's been many, many, many years ago. And I have never forgotten it. I have never, and I want you to think about it. Think about it long and hard. There is not a time that I sing a hymn or a chorus or a song without thinking of those words that the old man preached. There is not one time. And I have to confess to you, listen to me, I have to confess to you that there are times when I stop singing because I feel that I'm I'm singing a lie. There are times we were singing here, have their own way, Lord, have their own way. Then I stop. I said, do I really want him to have his way in every area of my life or am I singing a lie? And I'd have to stop. Do I really want him to take control? I surrender all. Do I really want to surrender all? Or am I just singing along because everybody else is singing? And there are many a times I stop and do business with God before I can keep going and singing again. I want you to hear me right in this. Honesty in any relationship, including our relationship with the Lord. Honesty, truthfulness is like the sunshine to a plant. It really is. Relationships thrive in honesty. They thrive. But they wither when there is no sunshine of honesty. And so, what's the choice? Listen, unadulterated truth is often hard to swallow. (laughs) I know that. I know that for a fact. I'm not ignorant of the fact that hearing the truth can hurt. I know that. I'm not ignorant of that fact. Especially when it is spoken in unloving ways. But sometimes even when it is spoken in love, it still hurts. But as I say, it so does a surgery. But then when the body is cured of what needed to be confronted, when the body is, is, is cured and healed from whatever needed to be get, gotten rid of and, and whatever needed to be cut and thrown away, it makes it all worthwhile. Why is this so important? Why is this so important? If you have forgotten everything I've said, I hope you're not going to forget what I'm going to tell you. 
And it comes from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. That verse had changed my life. Here's what it says. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. And I remember asking myself those many years ago, do I really want the Lord to detest me? And the answer is no. The Lord detests lying lips, but delights in men who are truthful. Let me tell you this as I conclude. I don't think there's anybody who has been the recipients of lying. Somebody lying about you, somebody lying about your reputation, somebody lying about your character, somebody or some people say untrue things about you. I don't think there's anybody in this room or watching by television or anywhere in the world who would not understand if they've ever been in this situation. The pain, the grief, and the frustration that comes as a result of that. That some people think, well, if you really speak the truth and you live, you know, walk with the Lord, that when people lie about you, it's not going to bother you. Well, you know, you wouldn't be in the human, belong to the human race if that's the case. Jeremiah calls these lying lips, he calls them sharp arrows. There are many folks in the mainline denominations, in what I call the apostate church, and the reason I call them apostate is because they do not believe the very tenet of the gospel. They don't believe that the Bible is God's self-revelation. They don't believe in the virgin birth. They don't believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. They don't believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And they say all religions are everybody and it's very wonderfully inclusive. From the very beginning, some have preached sermons. I got the manuscript. Somebody hand me manuscripts of these sermons. They sought to spread lies regarding biblical truth. But not only that, they sought to spread lies about those who proclaim biblical truth. Whether they are preachers, whether they are youth ministers. Because we proclaim the truth of the gospel. And because we train our young people in the truth. And because the truth itself exposes their deception. And because we condemn their false gospel. And because we refuse to respond in kind. They do not come out and say, these people really believe the Bible and we don't. They don't tell you that, but that's really would, would have been the truth. But here's what they say. These folks, they're extremists. They are out of the mainstream. They are fundamentalists. They are narrow-minded. They are intolerant. The worst sin in this politically correct society. The list goes on. But I want to tell you what I've learned. I honestly learned from the Lord. The Lord taught me this the hard way, but also the easy way in many ways. And it is this. It gives you greater commitment in your own life for speaking the truth. But I must tell you, speaking the truth in love, which is what the scripture said, is an impossibility. I want to repeat this. Speaking the truth in love is an impossibility for anyone without Jesus Christ. It's an impossibility for anyone who does not seek the power of God, the Holy Spirit, to fill you on a daily basis. It's an impossibility. You can't do it on your own. That's why every one of the Ten Commandments are impossibility. The Bible said if you break one, you broke them all. And it'll tell you without 
the grace of Jesus Christ, it's an impossibility. Now, I know there are some people who like to just say it the way it is. But they are so devoid of love and compassion. On the other hand, the vast majority in our culture have been so sentimentalized by love that they have dismissed the truth and they made it to be unimportant. But those of us who love the Lord, those of us who love one another, must always speak the truth in love. And only when you and I are daily filled with the Holy Spirit, when you and I come in total surrender and emptying of ourselves in order that we may be filled of the Holy Spirit afresh, only then can we do what is humanly impossible. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.